At Gen Con 2023, we interviewed Dave Scott, owner of Evil Genius Games, and several of his compatriots about their new Everyday Heroes role-playing game. The game updates D20 Modern to 5th edition rules, done in collaboration with Jeff Grubb, one of the original authors of D20 Modern. We talk about the evolution of the game and how the new version preserves the best of D20 Modern while updating other aspects for 5e. We also geek out about Evil Genius's cinematic add-ons for the game, including The Crow, Escape from New York, Kong, Skull Island, Pacific Rim, and the just-released Highlander and Total Recall supplements. And then we also tell us a little bit of a sneak peek at the upcoming releases, Rambo and Universal Soldier. So we have questions. So we understand um, Everyday Heroes, maybe call it an evolution of D20 Modern, inspired by D20 Modern. Spiritual successor. Yeah, that goes. So um, tell us some, like, what, what did you keep from d20 modern like what le- kind of like what lessons learned and, and like i guess why did why d20 modern too like yeah, instead of yeah. <laughs> it's just making your own for like you know there's a lot of ways you can go with d20 inspired stuff so yeah i mean I, 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 think, <laughs> I think you'll find a trend with everything i'm about to tell you is it all comes sims back from my childhood there you go <laughs> good good <Okay. laughs> um, you know and so uh was always a huge fan of the of the modern genre i was the guy who used to ask my D group if we can just play champions one more time oh, man. <laughs> i love champions uh, i love spycraft <laughs> i love you know the james bond 007 game back in the day and i love d20 modern so when I had an opportunity to meet uh, Jeff Grubb, my idol, mm-hmm. um, I was able to pin his ear down and talk to him about how he came up with that game and how important it was and, and how people are still playing it. And then we started talking about all the things he wished he would have done differently for the game, like mm-hmm. the wealth system, mm-hmm. uh, where you know you had to roll a dice just to buy a crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> and then not only that, but then you got the technology basis, right? Like people didn't have, most people didn't have cell phones in 2002 when that game was released um you know the you know now you can you can order anything off of amazon literally (laughs) so um so so i was like you know jeff we should reboot this thing yeah and his first response was hell no (laughs) and then after i wore wore him down it was no and then i wore him down it was a maybe and then two weeks later we, we we started this company so i consider him the co-founder of this uh, of this of this business, although he refuses to take credit. Okay. <laughs> so when you're talking about so talking about the evolution, so I, I played some D20 Modern. I played some. I think I was like you. I kept trying to get everybody to play <laughs> in a modern era, but nobody would because like just you could not pry Dungeons and Dragons from their hands, right? But I have all the books, and so you know I play. I remember Spycraft, like the original Spycraft. Oh yeah. And like still needing the player's handbook, and that was wonky, right? And then Spycraft Two coming out and being, like, just very, very, very crunchy. <laughs> so. Um, with this version of the game, so like, what what kind of what were your I guess your key design goals going forward? I yeah. mean, clearly uh, the the homage and like memories of T twenty Modern are a big deal, but like, what were the key things you were trying to accomplish? So the first thing was hindsight's twenty twenty, right? <laughs> so we all knew what we wanted to change in order to make the game more playable. Um, and what's nice about it is is that five E solved a lot of the three point five problems, so that was a really good first step. Mm-hmm. Um, but things like the wealth system, we knew that we wanted to create a different one. One of the things I was passionate about was um, I, I wanted a better chase mechanic, partly because every, every, every action film has a good chase scene. Mm-hmm. So I went to the ends of the earth to find someone who knew, who, who was good at writing chase mechanics and 
I found Goober on DMs Guild. Excellent. Literally. I found him on DMs Guild, and he had five-star ratings. And so I said, would you like to come work for me and build a chase mechanic? So, so what makes for a good chase mechanic? Because I'm, I'm a big Savage Worlds guy. Savage Worlds, I think, has had a new version of their chase mechanic in every edition of the game that's come out. So what do you consider makes a good chase mechanic? Well, you know, Goober did a brilliant job, which is that it, it, the way that uh, uh, they did it is, is that it's very storyteller-driven. Um, and it has a really nice combination of chase and fighting. So you can kind of interchange the two. Okay. Um, and so um, <clears throat> the way it works is, is that you have rounds of chase and you have um, uh, chase points. And so you have to achieve a certain amount of chase points to catch up to that person. Okay. And then when you catch up to that person, either you're gonna fight him or they're gonna keep running away, right? So, mm -hmm. so that mechanic goes in. In addition to that, what's really fun is every round you've got a complications. Okay. And the complications can either be random or they can be programmed by the DM. And so the complications are, you know, somebody's walking across the street with a glass pane in their hand. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing the, car, the James Bond car chases yeah, in yeah. my head right now. You know, uh, there's a fruit cart in your way. Right. <laughs> you know? And then you have to sort of address those different complications. And so one of the things that we did um, is once uh, Goober created the chase scenes, I said, listen, here's your bar. Do you remember Casino Royale, James Bond's Casino Royale? Do you remember the very, very first chase scene where he's chasing that guy who does um, parkour, mm -hmm. who's got the bomb in his pocket? I said, you will need to create that action sequence scene by scene, mm. faithfully. <laughs> Uh, or otherwise, you're back to the drawing board. <laughs> and they did it. That's a high bar. They did it. And it's, it was bar. great. Like, literally, he, they recreated it scene by scene. And it is a really, really fun, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, the, uh, the construction equipment that slides in just at the right time, right? Uh, things along those lines. And, you know, walking on a crane, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. And so that's when we knew that we had a decent chase system. Very cool. So technology has, like, leapt forward. So in the, in the core rules, how are you handling... How, so I'm playing my lunchtime game. Uh, we're doing Monster of the Week. And we decided we're going to do Monster of the Week in the 90s because there's just far too much technology that we don't want to deal with. We wanted to, It was going to ruin the mystery, for one, but also it's just like we just didn't want to have to deal with technology because the 90s were t advanced enough <laughs> without giving you everything. So how far do you go into, into tech and everyday heroes? Yeah, so, you know, everyday heroes uh, can accomplish everything from sort of the gunpowder age to near future. Um, and so, um, um, the so we have technology in here. But one of the reasons why it's so thick is because we needed to cover a lot of things. So we made the conscious decision to cover things like hacking, uh, security systems, because security systems are completely changed now, right? Yeah, right. Um, uh, we, we go into stuff like narcotics and addiction. Hmm. We go into stuff like, um, um, you know, building robots. Uh, so you had to try to do our best to cover it. But one of the premises that we went into this book was we said, listen, do we want this to be uber real, or do you want it to be fun? <laughs> so we're like, yeah, like, yeah. like you know, it's gonna be fun. Like, so yeah. for example, our hacker has, the way our smart heroes work, which is really fun, is they have something called genius points, think spell points, mm -hmm. and they can enact plans. And these plans are basically like spells that they can use to kind of alter the scenario. And our hacker's got a great plan called I'm in. So it's like, <laughs> I'm in. You know, just nice. types on the keyboard a couple strokes, and all of a sudden nice. they bypass the security system. Like, so you're not like going uber detailed about like 
well, if you want to go past the you know IP blah 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 There's techno babble countermeasures, right? Then you need to roll the dice twelve times, right? <laughs> it's boop, 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 boop. I'm in, right? Nice. <laughs> nice, which increases the badassery. It's more of the a Hugh game. Jackman swordfish <laughs> with, right. the, with the eight <laughs> monitors and yeah. Mm -hmm. And a gun to your head, because um, that makes you work better. Right. But right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You get advantage on all checks, but the gun is to your head. So, right. so you have a big stack of, uh, of books next to you for different um, IPs. And I guess my question was, like, how do you, so obviously you have the base rules. And how do you, how do you, how are you scaling up your rules or how are you applying them to these different settings? Because you go from Pacific Rim to Highlander to the Crow, which is a pretty broad <laughs> spread of, and I guess you throw King Kong in there. Uh, yeah. Escape from New York is on top. Total so. recall, like, it's yeah. pretty wide spread. So yeah. how, what was your approach to dealing with that, like to tackling? Well, first properties? and foremost, you know, we build an amazing core mechanic in Everyday Heroes. Um, it handles 90% of the workload. Um, and if you just like D20 Modern, you could just spend your entire time just creating really cool, recreating really cool action flicks, uh, you know, and mm -hmm. The Kingsman, uh, Vision Impossible, Fast and Furious, whatever, and you could do that happily without ever buying one of our cinematic adventures. Okay. Uh, but the cinematic adventures um, was our way, so this is the thing. I'm a huge, we're, we're a bunch of movie geeks and we're a bunch of RPG geeks. And we said, let's just stuff them together. And my, the thought was that um, the writer of, of movies and television shows spends so much time creating the world and then the world only exists for two hours. Mm -hmm. And so the, the theory is, is like, rather than me creating, you know, new New York or faux Seattle, why not leverage what's already been done, it's already been thought about and then expand upon that world. Um, and so um, that was sort of the premise, right? Which was that we believe fundamentally there's more story to tell in these particular worlds. But what's also really cool about it is is that we also partnered uh, with um, all with these with these movie studios to say, let's do something different. Let's add more to it. Let let's create some canon okay. that's going to actually expand the universe. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what we did with the Crow. So. As you could probably imagine, there's only one crow, <laughs> and it'd be hard for a party to play one crow, um, unless I guess they bounce from round to round. Maybe I don't know, um, or it'd be one super superhuman crow and five, uh, you know, four humans going, "Hey, you're really cool, man." We didn't want that experience to happen. Right. So we approached the license holders for the game, and we said, "Listen, imagine a world where the crow is not the only death spirit that exists." Hmm. Maybe there's a pantheon of death spirits. And each death spirit has their own motivation for bringing the dead back. And so from that conversation, we introduced the moth, uh, the snake, the butterfly, the cat, uh, the mastiff. And all of these creatures have all have some sort of history in the world for being a, uh, an animal that has shepherded the dead. Okay. Either in Egyptian mythology or something along those lines. And each one of them has a completely different purpose for, for bringing you together. As well as you have different powers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, where uh, the, the crow might be sort of nigh and vulnerable, um, you know, uh, the cat gives you claws. Um, you know, things along those lines. They, they give you um, cat's grace, for example, when you're bonded with the cat. Um, when you're bonded with the moth, you get uh, forewarning and precognition. Um, uh, 
terrifying portent. Moths fly. Could fly. And so it nice. gives you different aspects of this that make this game really, really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You don't have five crows. <laughs> <laughs> so giant monsters versus giant robots. How do you handle giant monsters versus giant robots? Like, do they have 10,000 hit points each? Like, <laughs> Man, I kind of feel like Goober should be in this uh, interview because he, he, he designed all these games. <laughs> Come over here. Uh, so this is Goober Ransley, one of our lead designers. Hello. Hello. Hey, Goober was responsible for the Crow, Pacific Rim, Total Recall, and soon-to-be released Universal Soldier. Um, yeah, so with the, with the uh, giant robots and stuff, um, basically I wanted it to be uh, as like easy to understand as possible. Um, so uh, like Jaegers and Kaiju, they have a normal amount of hit points. They have a normal amount of damage. They just exist on a higher scale. Um, so if a Kaiju punches a human, um, you know, they're you know, going to roll a D6 plus two or whatever. It does five damage. That's 500 damage to a human. <laughs> but if it does that same attack on a Jaeger, it's five. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the cool part of that is you get to uh, all of your normal special abilities apply. So, like, you know, if you're a strong hero, you've got power attack. Um, you can use that in your robot. Mm. Uh, because making an attack roll is the same thing. You know, it's not like an entirely different new dice system where your special abilities wouldn't really apply or you'd have to rewrite them. It's just, you know, the same as normal. Except with Pacific Rim, you drift. So now, <laughs> now you're, you're two, maybe three people in a Jaeger. Two um, to three players in a game. Yeah, right. and yeah, each one played by a different player. <laughs> and yeah. you have to share your turn. You have to decide what to do together. And you get to apply, like, all of your special abilities. Um, so and if you, you can't agree, you do nothing that turn? Or how does um, that work? Technically, there is no rule about uh, what happens if you can't agree. But uh, I, think, uh, I think you do nothing would be pretty much the, the, way, the way it goes. Yeah. Um, you know, if you... There are some tables that don't always mesh. That are not always yeah. drift compatible. That breaks out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So you know, if, you know, the the GM says, uh, "What do you do?" and they argue for a minute. It's like, cool, you do nothing. Yeah. Because you just spent that whole yeah. time arguing about what to do. In my experience, hopefully people usually usually are are very cool about it. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it's an in character argument. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's the ideal. Is you know, you have the the characters in the. In the con pod, it's called, um, you know, yelling at each other. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there's a whole system for, like, your level of synchronization, which determines, like, how well, like, if you get to use the better of your bonuses or the worse of your bonuses or, okay. um, you know, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it is a normal fight, only now every combatant is, like, two or three people. Um and, you know, if you have an odd number of players, you don't want to, uh, you know, have a three-person one. There's there's some options for, like, you can be in a little Jaeger. Um, and there's a class where you actually play as bonded twins who are hmm. uh, permanently drifting. So they are basically the same person in two bodies. Hmm. And then they get into one body, and it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
King Kong, right? Skull Island. What, what are the players doing in Skull Island aside from getting squished by by Kong? <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, the creator of King of King of Kong Skull Island was Siegfried Trent. Of course, he's not here. Um, I'll tell you why I, I I pursued this license because I walked out of this movie Kong Skull Island and said that was a great D and D session because <laughs> I felt it was exactly like a decent jungle crawl. <laughs> right. Um, but the power behind this is that everything everything in the island is trying to kill you. The rain's trying to kill you, the food's trying to kill you, the sand's trying to kill you, the water's trying to kill you, um, the, weather, the weather's trying to kill you. And so we wanted to create an environment where it was just one gigantic tomb of horrors, death <laughs> okay. trap. Okay. Um, um, and so one component of it is, um, it is that we create a, a fun amount of environmental effects um, that you could throw at your players. Um, which, um, which is great because everything we do is 5e compatible, which means that you can take these environmental effects and throw them into your D&D ca campaign with a little bit of translation. Right? Nice. Um, and, um, you know, the Reborn, you could put the Reborn into a Ravenloft game okay. with a little bit of conversion. Yeah. Um, so that's part one. Uh, part two is we have a lot of really cool creatures that live on Skull Island, very strange and unusual. Mm -hmm. um, we thought that, that what a great bestiary we could create from that. Uh, and then last, uh, we have Khan. And Khan <laughs> is godlike. Uh, but you can create sympathy points with him so that he can help you do things. Not unlike the Skull Island um, anime, which came out uh, just a couple months ago. If you haven't re watched that, it's really, I have yet, really not yet excellent. Had a chance. It's excellent. Okay. Yeah. So, Highlander is one of your new books. Yes? Yes. How do you keep all the players from cutting each other's heads off? Yes. So Highlander. It's a setup. Yeah. So Highlander, we released here at Gen Con, um, and it is really one of our our most interesting ones. Um, and so uh, you know, a lot. Of, the first question anyone ever asks is, "Well, there could be only one. So right. how do you do it?" But you have to also understand that they live for thousands of years, and if mm -hmm. all they did for a thousand years is kill the next person next to them, they're not going to survive very long. Mm -hmm. And that's why there are clans, there are associations so that people can survive until they get to the gathering um, and have to then finally duel. So that's kind of where we put the game is in that middle phase uh, uh, of the game where okay. uh, people do need to cooperate until they don't. Okay. So not at the Highlander 2 movie that maybe not exists. We don't acknowledge Highlander right, 2. Right. Uh, yeah, I unfortunately saw it at a theater because I was really enthused for it. And, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, also, Total Recall just came out. Is that the other one that was just released? Yeah, Total Total Recall. Goober, you want to take it away? Uh, yeah. Any any specific questions? You want me to sort of tell you what it's about? Well, I'm familiar with the movie and like the, the general setup. So, where where are you taking it? Because first of all, we don't actually know if it was a, a dream mm -hmm. or not, right? So, how, right. how are you playing with we that? And, and, like, we, kind and of we never answer that question. And your Philip K. Dick inspiration. Like, <laughs> nice. how much do you pull from the movie versus how much do you pull from Philip K. Dick? Like, uh, well, so it's it's entirely movie uh, sort of based. The um, first movie we don't acknowledge the second. Okay. Yeah, okay. which is a remake, so it's like it's not even like a sequel. Um, yeah, so in in Total Recall, a lot of the stuff in the book is sort of like this only exists if it was real. Um, you know, like there's uh, there's alien technology. There's a class that lets you. Um, it's uh, called Martian Gadgeteer that lets you you have like ancient alien devices that let you do crazy magic like abilities. Um, and uh, but you can run a game with it 
where none of that was real. Or you could run a game with it where the players think all of that was real, but then later it turns out that it wasn't real. Um, and so, like, there's a whole section in the in like the GM advice in there, which is like how to use like memory modification, how to use it was all a dream, because um, you know that can be really bad. You know, like if you play a whole game and then like oh, that that wasn't real actually. It's like that that sucks as a player. You don't want that. But and you wake up. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of really cool like twists you can do with it. And, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of advice in there. Talk, talk to your players, you know, figure out what they're comfortable with. Because if a player is like, I don't want you to tell me my character is somebody other than I decided they were, mm -hmm. then, yeah, you don't do that. But if they're like, take it away, I don't care, you know, <laughs> make, me a, make me a secret alien spy, like, I, like whatever, you know, whatever works for the, the plot, you know, hand to me a whole new character sheet when I get my memory back and, you know, I'll love it. Um, nice. yep. Yeah, so like you can, you can basically do it at, at any level like that. Um, and, uh, you know, in addition to to kind of the the alien technology, the stuff that's like, well, was that real? Uh, you still have recall tech, um, which is the, you know, memory modification. Um, so whether everything after him going under was fake or not, he went under at a, at a facility that, you know, can mess with your memory. Um, and uh, like there's another class that uses uh, uses recall tech like in a fight they mm. can like sort of mess with people's <laughs> minds in like smaller ways and like uh, an illusionist class so to speak yeah yeah, nice, nice. yeah sort of sort of enchanter illusionist like um, and then there's a bunch of mutations and like mutant abilities um, and you know it's it's possible that mutants being able to be psychic was fake um, but even if everything he experienced was fake, they could still be psychic mutants. Right. Uh, so there's a whole mutation system. There's mutant classes. Um, you can be like a mutant shapeshifter. Um, and the adventure in the book basically says, like, all right, this takes place right after the movie, and it was all real. <laughs> um, but when you're making your own adventure, you get to decide. You know, you can set it before the movie. Um, you can set it after, you can set it way after if you want, you can set it um, during, you can decide none, none of that was real actually. Mars is totally different from that and do your own thing. Um, so gotcha. yeah, like basically we just give a lot of options and advice. So cool. I remember when this was announced and all the different settings were being announced and stuff, or the, the cinematic books were being announced. Like, how are you guys going to do all of this? Sounds pretty cool, but it sounds a little crazy too. What does the future hold beyond these? I don't. I don't remember if this was all of what was originally announced, or if there was more stuff in the pipe. Or yeah, so we announced eight originally, and so six of them have been released. With the um, Highlander and Total Recall being the the most recent, and then we have two left: Universal Soldier and Rambo. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, yes, we have been on a death march to create these games. Um, <laughs> but um, the way we, we do it is, it's about a hundred and twelve page uh, book, and half of it is rules and lore. Mm -hmm. That just kind of gives you an opportunity to enjoy and explore uh, the context of the world, um, as well as it also introduces uh, new classes. So here's the Martian Gadgeteer he was talking about. Cool. Um, here's the Recall Doctor. Um, and then we have that whole mutant mutation system. So here's the Mutant Giant. Um, here's the Mutant Psychic and a Mutant Safe Shifter. 
plus a lot of feats that you can take to sort of augment one part of your body or that part of your body. Uh, one that I love the most is uh, you can have rubber bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gives uh, you resistance to falling. Yeah. <laughs> and then the spy, um, if you want to nice. play the Dennis Quaid, you know, uh, approach. Um, but then the second half of it is an actual adventure that's set in the world. Um, and this is typically a, a three to four session adventure. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as he mentioned, uh, as they mentioned, uh, this took, takes place like right after the other movie. Cleato dies, um, mm -hmm. and uh, Cleato had created a fail-safe device to um, to uh, trigger mutant sleepers to do to destroy uh, to destroy artifacts. Right? Um, uh, it's complicated. It's, it's complicated. complicated. <laughs> but basically, like like the idea is that it it's like the movie. You're constantly discovering another thing. You know, like it's it's like oh, actually it was this, and you know, actually this person set it up, and secretly, you know, this was going to happen, and you know, here's why things went wrong, and you know, so yeah. it's yeah. it's just one one big reveal after another, which is very much the the Total Recall way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so this right here is what we call our 2023 season pass of adventure. Okay, cool. Uh, and uh, each year we're going to announce a new slate. So oh, cool. um, sort of early Q4, we'll announce our 2024 slate. Okay. Uh, and uh, I think we're going to have a lot. Everyone's going to have a lot of fun with some of so the that's, things we're doing. And that's, so that's past Universal Soldier and Rambo. Yeah. You have another slate coming. Yeah, that'll be okay. coming out in the 2024 uh, nice. year. Okay. Hopefully it's not that much of a death march hopefully you're <laughs> I, you know um, i mean it's a lot of work i, I, I think we're going to slow down on the cinematic adventures okay. but uh, now we also have more staff so okay very cool so as you've been doing this like it's nice to see seventy thousand gamers back at gen con mm. um but we had the pandemic and a lot of us went online some of us are still online has that shaped any of how you approached everyday heroes you know, not at all. You know, my, my perspective is, is that TTRPGs at their core are a social event. Um, you know, whether or not I'm, I'm talking to people over Zoom or Discord or in person, it's all about saying hi to my old buddies, talking about their lives, mm -hmm. having some fun, making some jokes, and oh, by the way, we happen to play a game. <laughs> um, and so um, I don't think that will ever change. I think that's what differentiates this market from a, the video game market. Um, and so uh, we just tried to make a game that was fun, that people would have a good time, whether or not they were online or in person. Cool, very cool. Though so it is, it is also integrated into some of the uh, like uh, virtual tabletops as well. Gotcha. Right. Cool. Uh, you have any other questions? I don't. We had our list. Yeah, we did. So. We've been working through it. So that's <laughs> okay. why I've been on my phone. I was taking notes the whole time. I assure you. Uh, any other final thoughts for us? Well, we, we uh, at the con, we announced two really big and exciting uh, 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 news pieces. And then t uh, we'll be soon announcing a third, which uh, I'll tell you about since this might, okay. might get released after Gen Con. It will. It will. Uh, <laughs> but the first is um, uh, D20 Modern had a lot, 11 supplements that went with it. And uh, people really, really fondly remember those supplements. Mm -hmm. And probably the most fond uh, supplement um, from what we hear from our our. Uh, our, our fans was Urban Arcana. Okay. So okay. magic in the modern world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we just announced uh, yesterday that we will be doing a reboot of Urban Arcana. We're calling it Everyday Arcana. Nice. Um, and we're going back to the original vision that Wizards of the Coast had for it, which was to have it be parody with Dungeons and Dragons. 
So when we release it, it'll come out with four books. Mm -hmm. It'll be a player's handbook, a DM's guide, uh, a bestiary, and a campaign setting called Shadows Surrounding. Okay. And Shadows Surrounding, we did a contest for almost like an Eberron, mm -hmm. where we had over 200 entries that we narrowed down to one finalist. Very cool. Very cool. The second thing we announced at Gen Con, which we're very excited about, uh, is a, the military handbook. Um, and so, you know, one of the things we, we made a decision on here was, did we want people to count ammunition? Did we want people to, to, to do wound locations? And we said, mm -hmm. no, we wanted it to be fun. Okay. But we actually think there's, there's a, a market for people playing real military scenarios, mm -hmm. which will include stuff like hunger and thirst, mental stability, wounds, wound location, things along those lines. And so we've just uh, kicked that project off. And we plan to launch the, the uh, military handbook, which is going to be called Military Heroes, uh, and the uh, armory, which is going to be a book of a thousand firearms and other types of weapons uh, for um, Origins next year. Very cool. All being written by ex-Special Forces guys. All being written by <laughs> oh, military wow. veterans. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, from all over the world. French yeah. Foreign Legion, uh, Israeli um, troopers. Um, you name it. So it's yeah. really, a, it's going to be really a global military exercise. Wow. Very cool. I know that when people get into like, let me make this an actual simulation of things, they do want it to be as real as possible. Um, and it's like, hey, that gun doesn't do that. Or that ammo doesn't, doesn't do that with armor, you know? And so, yeah, that'd be, I, I think it would be well, well received by people who really like to dig in. Yeah, we, we hope we, we get a, a little bit of these sort of like uh, historical miniatures people and, and you mm -hmm. know, and, and uh, vets and active military um, who, as you know, are huge gamers um, mm -hmm. in general um, to try it out and maybe they'll love it. So we're super excited. Cool. The third announcement that we're making um, on Saturday is around uh, organized play. Oh, cool. So we uh, are going to be launching our, our official organized play program in January. Mm -hmm. uh, and we hired Michael Bromnick, um, who spent 15 years as a venture captain uh, and a venture lieutenant for Paizo, uh, okay. who, is, okay. who is at the helm. Very cool. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. LairofSecrets.com has all of the links.